0: to Financial Fofu. I'm Sarah Eiferman. And I'm Trudy Cowan. Today we have a shorter episode for you to talk about something that I think is super, super important.
1: Yeah, we're going to have a chat today about what business structure is right for you. And look, this is a really common question that I get all the time. Um, And it is something that's important if you're running a business to one, understand your structure and two, to know whether that's the right one for you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and from a lending side, it has a massive implication on lending, but not only the lending, uh, your asset protection and asset management in the future, because decisions you make now have implications later. Yeah. So it's something that uh, from a business strategy point of view, I often bring up with clients if they're looking at changing their financial positions or their asset positions, because it does have an impact later on in life.
1: Yeah. So firstly, you know, are you actually running a business or is what you're doing just a hobby? And look, the easiest way to really make that decision is are you doing what you're doing to make money or are you doing it just because you enjoy it and maybe you sell something and recoup some of the cost of it, but you're not really out there to try and make money.
0: So a, ho- a hobby based business and some mm. some types of that could be like a jewelry business yeah. or a stationery business or... Um, what else would fit into that sort of category? Oh,
1: there's lots of different ones. You might sell some cactuses because you grow lots of succulents and you've got ah, some yeah. excess ones. You yeah. might put yeah. them out. Or you herbs. Might, or- you might put your bag of lemons on the street for a dollar because you've got too many lemons on your tree. Everyone's you know, it's growing tomatoes this year, so yeah. give it a couple of months, there'll <laughs> be tomatoes everywhere. You know, so you might be making, you know, you might be <coughs> receiving some income for it, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a business yeah. if the purpose is not to be making money. It's just. Incidental, Yeah. Um, same as if you're cleaning out your house and you're selling some stuff on eBay. Okay. That, that doesn't make you a business. Mm-hmm. Um, it just means that you're just trying to recover some of your, your cost. Your cost of living.
0: Really. Yeah. And expenses. So
1: once you get over that hurdle and yes, you are actually running a business and you're trying to make a profit and a living of yep. what you're doing, there's probably, what have we got? Four main, four main, main yeah. types. Um, and look four common ones and so we've got your sole trader Mm -hmm. partnership a trust or a company yep okay so your sole trader is when you're trading under your own name so for example if I was just trading as Trudy Cowan I had an ABN registered under Trudy Cowan and I traded my business as that
0: and now, that, would be that a business trader. can be pretty much anything where, where, where it's legally allowed to be. Yep. So, you could be a tax agent. You could be a finance broker. You could be a carpenter. Yeah. You could be a courier. You could
1: be selling some sort of goods. You could be selling clothes or plants yeah. or household equipment.
0: So, if you were trading as a sole trader, mm-hmm. but you wanted to have a different business name, yep. you would need to register a business name. With That's ASIC, right. Yep. And that would just link back to your sole trader ABN. Yep. And that would be your complete legal structure.
1: Yeah. And so from, a I guess, a tax perspective, you then include that in your personal tax return? and you pay tax on that income or that pro- the profit from that business yep. um, using the same personal tax rates as if you were an employee.
0: It has a slightly separate schedule, though, doesn't it? It does have a
1: separate yep. schedule in the tax return, um, so there is a bit more information that you would need to fill in, your income and the different types of yep. expenses. It's um, effectively, business profit and loss. Yeah, and yep. it's also important to note that if you are trading as a sole trader and you're making a loss, um, that loss can't actually be offset against some wages you might else be earning elsewhere. Yeah. It is quarantined as a business.
0: Yeah, so you need to make some profit in that entity to then offset the losses that you made the year before. Yeah, that's right. Okay, what's the difference then between a sole trader and a partnership? So a
1: sole trader is one individual. A partnership is two or more entities. So those entities may be individuals or they may be two companies that join together to run a business together. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not an entity that you register specifically with anyone other than going to the ATO and getting a a tax file number and ABN for that business. Um, But typically a partnership would have an agreement between the two entities Mm -hmm. that would basically lay out what each of the partners do. do. So it might be that each of the partners is required to contribute $1,000 to start the business off. um, And then you will jointly run that business aptly called a partnership agreement partnership <laughs> Partnership between two people so yeah. um, at the end of the day from a from a tax perspective um, you split the income based on your partnership agreement yeah. so it might be a 50-50 agreement it could be a 70-30 agreement and that would come down to your written document and what that says the split is Okay. Um, and then
0: each partner puts that share back into their own tax return and then they pay tax in that position. So, yeah. if there was money made in the partnership, mm. it would filter through to the... The partners. Yeah. And then the legal entity or individual entity that applies yeah, based on their structure. So, the partnership itself doesn't pay the tax. No. The partners do. Interesting. All right. So, then where do we go from there? What's the next one? Next one is a trust. Okay.
1: This is probably the most misunderstood one. <coughs> um, yeah. But also but also one of the most common ones u- used for small businesses. True. Um, so... Uh, in a way of, I suppose, trying to explain a trust. A trust is me saying, Sarah, here, have a dollar. Look after this on trust for me. So a trust is not a legal entity, though. No, it's a tax entity. It's a, a, ta- right. it's a legal, I guess, creation. Um, and you would then take that money. As trustee. As trustee. And you would look after that money for me. And you would only do what's in the interests of me in terms of that money. All right. Because I'm holding it in trust. In trust, right? A trust then has beneficiaries. Yeah. And they're the people that are then entitled to that dollar. So, what I might be saying is, Sarah, you have this dollar. Mm. I want you to hold this in trust for my daughter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Sarah, you don't actually get to keep that dollar. No. You're just taking care of it until such time as my daughter needs it.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. And that's how the relationship kind of works. In reality, I guess, I suppose from a, a business co- Concept and structure, you trade within that trust entity. The trust itself has a tax file number um, and an ABN. And what is required is at the end of the year, you distribute the profit out to the beneficiaries.
0: Can you distribute the loss? No. Yeah. The loss has to stay within it. Yeah. I think it's important uh, at this point is that we point out that you can have an individual trustee of a trust or you can have a corporate entity or a company, which is our next structure that we're going to talk about as a trust. And there are different uh, implications of either that need to be considered, but... When it's being held in trust, it has to be held in trust by a legal entity because a trust in itself is not a legal entity, it's a tax
1: entity. Yeah, that's right. And look, you know, in terms of choosing whether you have a, an individual trustee or a corporate trustee, often it comes down to the nature of your business and the liability that you want to have associated with. This. Yep. The whole reason a lot of businesses move from a sole trader into being something like a trust yep. is because as a sole trader, if someone wants to sue your business, they are suing you. Yes. They are suing... Your assets. If you have a house, that can be at at risk. And and look, you don't like to think about your customers may be suing you, but in reality, when you're in business, you do have to think about these things and protect yourself as much and
0: as so possible. The, I mean, one of the main points then is that a, a trust can provide some sort of personal and asset protection. Yeah. Because the business itself is owned in the trust. In the trust. So you if someone was to yeah. own that business, that's right. If someone was to the sue
1: business. The, the business, they are suing the trust and not you. Yeah. You know, it's not, I'm not saying it's a hundred percent protection on your personal assets, no. but it makes it more difficult. Which is the point. Mm.
0: That's right. Right. So, we did mention it a little bit earlier. Then that gives us our next structure as a company.
1: Which is a company. And again, probably a more common one and one people probably understand and a little bit. no, know of. Know of yeah. a little bit better. You know, yep. a company you register with ASIC. As a formal a corporate registration, entity. corporate entity, you have a constitution which governs what the company can and can't do and how it will operate.
0: It's usually usually a proprietary limited company. For, do you in maybe a, explain so what
1: in is? a in a there's two types: proprietary limited and a mm-hmm. public company. Yeah, public companies are typically. Basically, the ones that are listed on the stock exchange. Yeah, that's your public company. Yeah. Um, in most circumstances, that's your public, and then a private company is one that's privately held, so it's not available for anyone to jump on the ASX and buy You're shares. In. And buy shares. Ownership piece. The on. ownership. The ownership is private. Um. So the ownership is your shareholders. You can have as many or as few shareholders, um, as you like. You know, typically, if I was setting up a new company for a client, it might only have between one and five shareholders, and it yeah. might have only issued between one and fifty shares.
0: Yeah. Depending on the needs.
1: Depending on the needs and the size of the business.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, a company, though, as we mentioned earlier, can be a trustee for a trust. Yes. There's one other variance on this that I'd really love to have you explain to people Mm -hmm. because I think it's quite intelligent in Mm -hmm. terms of use. Often... I see from a lending point of view, and it's probably important to let our our listeners know from a lending point of view these days, if you operate via a trust and you have debts in that trust, that that debt gets passed through to your personal liability or your borrowing capacity. So it can greatly affect if you've got motor vehicles or equipment finance or uh, an asset like a property or a commercial lease building that you're renting, the the debt gets passed through to your personal income. So, when you try and do any personal lending, you want to buy a new house, it then affects that. So, there is, when it's in a company though, the debt gets quarantined into the company. And so, that's great. But then there is one other way to maybe give you a little bit more um, flexibility and protections, almost you could say a hybrid, but it's not really. It's about ownership share. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so I think
0: what Sarah's getting at is you can
1: have a trust, mm-hmm. um, and all that trust, trust does is it acts as the shareholder of a company. Correct. All right. Um, the benefit of this is that you get the company benefit of having your corporate structure. Um, you know, there's some limited liability protection. Um, a company pays tax at 27.5%, which if you're a high income earner is quite a good rate. Um, but you also get some flexibility when you pay the, a dividend up to your shareholder. Um, it's in a trust structure and that trust, if it's a discretionary trust, can have some choice about where it distributes that income. Yeah. So instead of the income all being channeled to one individual, you may be able to do I guess, widen the scope of who gets that income, um, which from a tax perspective can allow you to share the tax burden on that income as well.
0: Which could potentially reduce the the tax that's payable or outgoing on that debt. And it also then means that from a personal borrowing position, you've still protected the impact to your borrowing capacity as a result. It's important then to note that this is not a trading trust because Mm. the discretionary trust that owns the shares isn't trading the company is trading, mm-hmm. which is where the difference is in our third structure of a trust being a trading entity. Um, do you want to maybe elaborate a little bit more on that using your technical <laughs> a, you
1: know, accounting terms? So the, the trading entity, you know, a trust being a trading—that's <clears throat> just the entity that you're actually operating the business yeah, through. That's where your income and your sales. So, whether
0: right. you're a sole trader a mm. partnership or a trust mm. or a company, they can all be trading. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But when you have a company, it can have the ownership being an individual person or a trust. Or a trust. Is there any other or another company potentially?
1: Another company. It? and I, And I guess that's when you start to go – There's actually lots of different permutations and combinations of how you can structure these, you know, four different entities to make a
0: structure that's right. I think it highlights, once again, why getting quality advisors around you is really important. Mm. And if you have been a sole trader for many years, and I often see the question come up, you know, should I change to a company? When is the right time? Um, Can someone help me? It's such a personal circumstance-based, you know, Decision that is made on the grounds of what is going on in your life and what's the future going to look like. There's
1: certainly not a one-size-fits-all solution when it comes to to a structure, and there are a lot of different factors that you should consider.
0: Yeah, so how do you work out what's right for you? um, Preferably with
1: the assistance of an accountant or a lawyer. Who is familiar with different structuring,
0: or options. a structure specialist? Structure That's specialist.
1: Um, but some of the things that you might take into account is what do your current operations look like? How much money are you making um, at the moment? Yeah. What's the potential for future growth? Okay. In this business? Are you in a growth stage? Are you actually winding down the business? Where do you sort of sit? Um, You may want to take into account some tax efficiencies. um, And and is that appropriate to restructure, to have a better tax? To allow that. Structuring a better tax Mm -hmm. outcome? Um, Are you looking to take on investors in this business? Or is it always going to be something that's just run by you and... Retained um, in
0: the family And I mean I think that's a really good one Because Mm. depending on circumstances Mm. People do at times need to look at The opportunity Mm. for investment And if they don't have a structure That allows them to do that It means to be able to do the growth to get the investment to do the growth Mm. they now need to change their entity type that's right so it's you know swings and roundabouts Mm. as to as to what is the right way to do it i'm a firm believer in doing it properly the right way based on where you believe this business is going to go whilst limiting your potential outlay because as we know the difference is in price then too right so do we want to run through some of the costs we'll run through some of the costs so look it depends
1: on who you're going through, obviously, and who's yeah. doing the work for you and, and to help you. Um, but if we look at... Let's let's take an example of if you went to just an internet supplier to cr- set up one of these for you.
0: But wait, question. As a sole trader, is there any cost? No. Yeah. Only ABN required, right? You
1: just got to go and get an ABN with the ATO, which is free to obtain. <coughs> um, and the
0: same for a partnership?
1: A partnership, I do recommend that you get a partnership agreement it agreement okay, yeah. up. So you would need to go and speak to a lawyer yeah. to have that drafted up for you and depending on the complexity as to how much that's going to cost yeah, um, and who the lawyer is.
0: There are some uh, template contract templates online that you can get from some of the legal firms that offer them, but it's important to note that they're not specific for your needs. So if you don't have the capacity to amend them to allow them to reflect your individual circumstances and amend them without impacting <laughs> the quality and, and legality of the contract or the agreement between you, then yes, you are looking at a solicitor or a lawyer to assist you with getting it done right the first time.
1: That's exactly right. So if I just, I'm just looking online and you can, there's lots and lots of online providers to do um, a company or a Registration. trust set up yep. for you. Yeah. Um, if you wanted to set up a Company, just a straight company, you're yeah. looking at about $650 mm-hmm. and that's including an ASIC fee. Yeah. Um, if you wanted to go a trust that had a corporate trustee, the fees are going to be more around eight dollars or $900. Yeah. yeah. Now look, if you went to an accountant and if you came to me, the fee is going to be higher. Mm, and, th- and there's a reason for that. It's time because I'm doing the setting up for you, but it's also the advice. I wouldn't just go and set up a company for someone. I would have a discussion with you
0: and determine whether that's actually the appropriate structure for you. But here's the thing, to get your advice, there's years of experience That's right. that has allowed you to be able to form opinions um, to provide that advice piece yes. and, and that is also what they're paying for when they pay for your time. Yeah. And as we we can openly say, like, I have set up companies on my own mm. and I've also had Trudy set up mm. companies because I wanted to make sure they were done properly and I didn't have the knowledge and I knew Trudy did yep. to allow that. So, it depends once again on your individual circumstances and your needs That's right. Um, for that reason. And
1: and I've even had lawyers ask me to set up structures for them because yeah. they're not corporate lawyers and it's not a specific space that they're that they familiar work with. In. And yeah. they just wanted to have that extra assurance that what was going into the legal documents was correct and appropriate. And that, that for was their exactly why I,
0: I came to mm. you and I wanted to make sure that it was done correctly and mm. that there was no um, potential in the future yeah. for... It- Uh, issues to arise as a result of ticking the wrong box on a form because I didn't understand it when I was setting it up the first time yeah so when is the right time to pick a structure or change a structure we already sort of talked about for me as a business strategist Mm -hmm. and in finance Mm -hmm. I believe if you can do it right the first time you're doing very well
1: yeah Um, but it doesn't work for everyone so it may have been that you intended to start it up as a small business you're only intending on making ten, twenty thousand dollars 20000 a year. You don't want the cost of running um, a, a more costly or, or a larger structure. Um, so you stay as a sole trader. And look, for a lot of people, that is an appropriate structure but quite often what you intended to be a small business Mm -hmm. grows quicker or grows grows bigger than you plan and that's amazing but it may be that what your original intention was changes and it's when your intention and when your business doesn't fit that original plan anymore that it's the time that you need to start having that conversation yeah about okay is that structure still appropriate for me does that still make sense with a new plan And do we need to consider something else? And sometimes the answer is yes and sometimes it's no, but it's just important to have that conversation um, to work out the go forward plan. But in a lot of cases from the word go, sole trader may not be an appropriate structure. Um, It might be that the product that you're developing has a level of risk associated with it. And you want to have that separated from your personal assets from day one. Yeah. Okay. So for some people, they prefer that comfort of knowing that it's, always been separated it might be from day one it's not just you but you're working with the partner or a couple of partners yeah. and so therefore you want to have a company so that you've all got that same protection and agreement and and comfort over how the business is set up so day one is a good time to have a discussion yeah and then you have another discussion once things start to change in your business and there might be a third one down the track as well or even more it's sort of not
0: a set and forget situation. I think the thing is as well that a lot of people don't realise is that when they, they're they a sole trader and then they become a company, they think, well, it's still me. Mm. The reality is is that it's different tax structure. It's also different legal structure and it yep. can have implications on capital gains tax, yep. for example. So as Trudy said, once your intention change or the knowledge as to what the direction of your business is changes, that's the time to pick up your phone and speak to your accountant. Mm. And it even though we always like to be as cost savvy as possible, a lot of the times, if you do this earlier on, you end up saving yourself a lot more money in the future, yes. especially as your brand develops. Yeah. Um, because you don't need to change bank accounts and a whole range of other things that go when you change a structure yeah. and, and, eh. And if the person you're speaking to is really quick to recommend one structure, just
1: make sure you ask them questions. Yeah. What are my other options? Why should I go option A over B? Mm -hmm. What's the benefits in it? What would happen if I sold? What would happen if I wanted to get a partner in? Yeah. And what other things should I consider when looking at this particular structure? You know, your advisor should be able to answer all of those questions fairly easily. Yeah. and we like we like it when our clients ask us questions. So Absolutely. don't don't it means be afraid. The brain's
0: ticking, right? Yeah,
1: don't be afraid to, to ask them.
0: Now, I briefly mentioned a little bit earlier about the difference of structures on your lending or your borrowing capacity or serviceability. There's about 40 different names that we (laughs) refer to it in the industry as. So bear with me if if I say something in particular. Um, I'm I'm talking about how much money the bank will lend you. And when we look at trust structures, as I said earlier, trust or individual business ownership, even partnerships that are in individual entities, they um, have an impact where they that that debt that you might have in that business actually funnels through to you personally and gets impacted on your borrowing capacity or your ability to borrow so if in the future you were looking at doing borrowing personally and you've got debts in your business that is definitely a conversation you should be having with your accountant about how a company or a trust owning a company could potentially assist you Mm. to quarantine some of those those future debts and if you've got any questions as always please um, hit us up use our a link send us an email whatever you need to do to get in touch and as always, with any of this stuff, this is general advice. It is not um, specific personal advice, and you should go and speak to your individual advisor, be it tax lawyer or financial planner, as well as finance broker if needed, to find out what is right for you and your basic um, positioning, and and go from there. I think we couldn't stress that enough. We <laughs> like to share the the general information for you to improve your your general knowledge, but we are not giving you any form of personal or business advice in this scenario that we're talking about today here. So, um, Trudy, anything else you want to add to the end of that? I think no, there's I think a lot of information there to unpack for a people. A lot of information to absorb.
1: Go back and re-listen to it if you need to. And and um, if you've got multiple advisors, get them talking to each other as well. Absolutely. That, Love can, it. that can only help the situation. Absolutely. Great, great,
0: great points there. Okay. So, today um, you've got our links in our episode. That's probably all we've got time for. We like to keep it short and snappy where possible um and yeah send us a send us a line or you know drop us a line i should say um, if you've got any further questions on this i think it's a great topic that you should be having that conversation about so yeah see you later bye you've been listening to financial fofu with trudy and sarah